Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Murph, welcome back to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, mate. How you going, Danny? Doing very well, thank you. Um, We're just chatting very briefly before we hit record. Um, How's things been going um, with you throughout the whole coronavirus ordeal? And um, and as you were saying just then, you've been back into routine for a little bit now. So how was that whole process for you? Yeah, I mean, back as I've been back in routine for probably about six, seven weeks. Don't quote me on that. Around about. Um, So that's obviously good here in SA. We've have very minimal cases at the moment, so business is back on. Um, but through quarantine itself, when we were through it, it was, to be honest, kind of pleasant just to have a bit of a chill out and focus on something different besides work and the seasons and sport and everything else going on. I mean, I'm still studying, um, so still completing my degree in um, science, so that was still going on. Even that was a bit challenging because that's all external now rather than internal. Okay. Um, So I had to find a bit of extra motivation to just sit at home and watch a, an hour lecture, which I don't know if anyone who's been through lectures before, they're not normally the most exciting things in the world to, <laughs> to sit down for an hour and do. Um, but yeah, otherwise business has been, has been good. It was, as I said, in that quarantine period, because we couldn't go to work and see clients and do all that sort of thing, it was a chance to sort of sit back and reevaluate what's going on. Um, as some people know, I'm not with the 36s anymore. Yeah, I'm going to touch on that, yep. Yep, so we can get into that later. Um, so basically because of that, I was just trying to find new ways of um, developing the business and expanding and looking at new things to do, uh, new things, where to take some um, different options as well. Um, we've started out, we've pushed our podcast a little bit more as yeah. well now. We'll have the link um, to that so in the, um, the show notes for everyone to check out as well. Beautiful. Might have to get you up on that at some point as well, mate. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, all those sort of things. So I'll put my phone all those sort of things have been were really good to, to do yep. over quarantine. Um, and pick up a bit of PlayStation here and there as well, which I missed out on over the last few years of just working solidly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now that now the words work is open, gyms are back open and work is happening again. Uh, it's been good. A few new clients have started up with me and um, especially you've now that your own, not, You've got your own gym space, don't you? Uh, or it's not mine as such. So I, I sublease off someone else. Sublease off, um, okay, yeah. But it is a private gym, yep. Um, which is awesome. I enjoy not having the members around the place just to yeah. focus on my client. Um, so yeah, now that that's all back open up again, it's it's been good. And a few new clients starting up with me now that I'm a bit more available mm. um, without the the basketball side of things. Yeah, uh, so it's been good. So so we'll touch on that now. So yeah, as you mentioned, you finished up at the 36s, um, which was I think you announced that maybe what was it a month or two ago, or was it longer? Uh, probably even longer than that, I reckon. But yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Yeah, cool. So, what was the um, what was the the thought process behind the decision there? Like, what was the driving factor to finish up, and um, and then also, oh, I've got another part to that question, but I'll let you answer the first bit first. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, I guess I mean last season was it was a, it was a tough season yeah. to go through um, for a lot of reasons. I won't expand on all of them today, but it was just a tough season. I started to the mind started to waver. I uh, wasn't as focused on basketball yeah. anymore. And, um, which which hurt me because I love basketball. That is my passion, without mm. a doubt. And that married with strength conditioning is is where I want to be. So to have that mindset, you know, move away from it, get a bit bored of it, I needed to change it up rather than push through another season or whatever else. Um, so, yeah, moving on from that, um, 
as well as, so my, my big career goals is to work overseas, uh, mainly the States at the moment, probably not so much, but um, I, think I do want to get over to the States at some point and work yeah. in pro sport over there, specifically the NBA. And I do know that they look at um, coaches who have different sports in their background. Uh, okay. So, you know, not just basketball. They want to see that you've worked in football or soccer or rugby or tennis or whatever else. Okay. Um, so look, basically looking to expand my horizons there a little bit more and um, see what else I can get into. Unfortunately, COVID sort of put a hold on that. But Yeah. I was going to say, is there any um, is there any pathways that you're looking to go down in terms of different sports specifically or are you keeping that pretty open at the moment? Um, I was looking at tennis um, just to do a bit of, you know, one on one sort of coaching mm. or with you know, yep. small groups of tennis um, athletes. Again, unfortunately, COVID did put a bit of a, a stamper on that because yep. um, they just didn't have that option available anymore. Uh, but I am actually this afternoon. I'm meeting up with Tennis Australia athletes to take them through a few sessions of their uh, development athletes. Um, awesome. And they're the guys that are about to breach into the, yep. the pro level. So that's today's job. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's one option. Obviously. Everyone in strength conditioning or most in strength conditioning here in Australia want to get into AFL. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much the top sport here in Australia. So that's another option for me and that's something I'll be looking to get into. Um, but for right now, I, I do need my degree. So that's... So what's the, what's the exact de- the degree you're doing at the moment? Uh, it's a undergrad degree, um, Bachelor of Exercise Science, majoring in sports science. Okay. Yeah. About eight weeks from finishing that. So right. that'd be really good. Yeah. And then I'll probably move to my master's straight into next year. Um, Is that something when you first got into S and C, did you decide, like, did you just make the decision to not do that? And then now you've uh, been told. I never really thought about it. Sorry, drop. <laughs> no, you're right. I never really thought about it. Obviously, because yep. I just, I made it into the NBL without it. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. I'm here now that I can just keep going up. Um, that was a lot to do with Mitch Creek and I'm sure you know that story. Yep. Um, but then when I head over to the States and I spent some time with some NBA teams over there, I was just talking to their um, high performance managers and head of S and C guys. And they all said, yeah, pretty much everyone here has got a master's at least. And the right. NBA just won't even look twice, not even look once at you. Yeah. If you don't have at least a, a master's degree. Very similar with uh, the AFL from what I've heard. Well, from exactly the, the coaches right. I've spoken to in, in the system anyway. Exactly, and that's exactly right. I mean, I, was, I did a bit of internship with the Crows this year. Spent about uh, probably about six weeks with them until again COVID shut that down. Yeah. Um, but those guys were saying as well, like you're not going to get in the AFL unless you've got at least a degree. What are your um, What are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, don't you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot? But um, like, do you? I mean, because because this is how I see it. Like, because I, I I made that decision too. I mean, like I've now decided that that the sporting side, like the team sports side of things, is probably not the path I want to go down anyway. So I'll probably, you know, to be honest, um, not go back and, and then do the degree at this stage anyway. Because I got into um, exercise and sports science straight after school and then deferred it for a couple of years, and then all the information and uh, knowledge and stuff I'd built up prior to that, I just thought to myself, I mean, like, do I really want to go back for four years at that stage? Um, yep. and then kind of put my business and stuff on hold to come out the other side of it with, with more knowledge, but I mean like with four years less of, of actual experience in the industry. So what are your thoughts on whether or not, if, if it was you, if you, was, if you were the owner of a, a big sporting team and you had an S&C guy coming in, 
who you could see and knew had the knowledge and the, the experience behind him. Would you think it's necessary to have that piece of paper just to say you've been through the whole degree? Well, I look at it this way, um, or no, <laughs> uh, I, I, I probably more look at, can he do the job? What's he like as a person? What's his communication skills like? Um, what's his experience like and back like what's his proven results already? Yeah. That's pretty a big one. Um, in a, in a perfect world, that's what I'd be looking at if I was the owner of a team or a GM of a team. The only thing I can see that is important about getting a degree, getting a master's, PhD, whatever, is it might filter out those people that sort of just want to do it for the fun of it, the, the joy of, uh, not, that's the wrong word, the glory of being in that top level. Yeah. Um, I think too many coaches might do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, take advantage of that that position. Bit of a short lived um, short lived hype around the whole being there type of thing. Exactly. And it's it's not easy. Being at, at that level, it's not an easy job. There's a lot to work through, there's a lot of complications and there's a lot of politics and issues that are going on um, at that level. So I think that that's pretty that's probably a reason why they expect you to go through all that. Mm. Um, having said that, uh, what I'm coming out with at the other end of three years and a degree is I probably haven't learned more, any more information that I can use now. Yeah. Um, like I, I haven't learned more about strength conditioning. I haven't learned more about how to program. And it's not saying they didn't teach me. It's just saying that with my experience so far, right, yeah. that I've already learned that. Yeah. Um, so I've got a lot of RPL, so recognition of prior learning throughout the degree, mm-hmm. basically because it's just things that I've done already in the okay. lectures of sort of okay. you don't need to worry about doing this. Yep. And it might be things like program design. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, I decided not to learn that at uni. But so what I've come out with the other end is a piece of paper and a, a tick Which box. Which is kind of your ticket to, to get into the, the destination where you want to be really. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the lecturers understood that with me. I mean, I went in as a, when did I start? 33, 32 years old. Yeah. So as an adult entry, I went into the, the degree and I think, and I, with the position already of the head of S&C for the 36s. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was, so unlike, so you said if you went in, you'd lose that experience. I was getting the experience at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was really good. So I didn't sort of miss out on anything. Business mm. sort of dropped off a little bit because I can't focus on yeah, everything. Yeah, too much. Um, yeah, exactly. But I could at least get the pro sport experience, get the degree at the same time. Um, the uni was pretty good with giving me a bit of uh, leeway and options to work around it. Mm. Uh, and as I said, the, the lecturers did appreciate what I was doing and who I was and how I would to, to help me through that a bit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah. When you were working with the Sixers, did you have pretty much complete freedom to program and to, to run the, 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 your strength and conditioning program the exact way you wanted to do it? Yep. Yep. Pretty much exactly how I wanted it. Um, Joey was very good with that. Yeah. He's a very old school coach and some people give him a bit of shit for it. But at the end of the day, um, he knew why he hired me. 
uh, and I proved that after my first year. Mm-hmm. And after that, he just sort of like in the first year, he was a little bit, uh, I want you to do this a little bit more. And yeah, and I sort of pushed back a little bit, but went along with it because I was a rookie in the, in the pro leagues. And I didn't really want to push my luck too much. Yeah. Um, but once I proved myself, he sort of just stepped back and went, look, we've brought you here for a reason. I brought you back for more years for a reason. Mm-hmm. You do you, you just, you do whatever you got to do. And if you, we let us swear on here. Fuck yeah. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> And if you fuck up, then I'm going to come down you like a ton of bricks. I'm like, yeah, yeah cool. That's expected. That's, that's what I, I don't um, shy away from that at all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he gave me complete freedom um, and even started to ask me for advice on how to run a, a training session a little bit more. Like, do we push the boys more? Do we bring it back a little bit today? That's cool. Uh, which gave me a bit more confidence to go to him and approach him saying, look, let's bring it back a bit today. The boys are pretty wrecked or let's ramp it up. We don't want these guys to get a yeah. bit... Um, fitness yeah because i feel as though that's so important because i've um i've talked about this a few times on different podcasts i was doing one a couple of weeks ago with brett hawk um for a uh, former uh olympic swimmer and we were talking about the programming with with swimmers and and like the old school approach and how you know you've got top level athletes who are just training at very subpar level in terms of what's optimal in their workload and and like the whole mindset around more is better. Like just work yourself into the ground and the harder you work, the better results will be. So that's something I see particular. I don't know if you think the same, but I particularly see that with, with AFL. I mean, like from what I can see, a lot of the strength coaches that come in, like obviously their job is, is highly sought after. So a lot of people want to be in their position. They're probably getting handed down what they can and can't really do in terms of their strength and conditioning program. And it'd almost be a bit of a scary thing to, to go against the, the grain of what everybody else in the league is doing. When you, but even though you know that they're probably being overworked or there's probably no need to be doing all this type of shit before Christmas in preseason coming into a long season the following year. So what are your thoughts around the current, I guess, model of a whole pre, off-season, pre-season and then in-season training with the AFL in particular and how if you would do anything differently? Um. I guess, I mean, off-season for me is always going to be a, a building time, a building phase where yeah. you can put the guys through their paces a little bit more without having to worry about diamonds, without having to worry about, you know, pulling up a little bit sore than normal because there's no competition to be concerned about or to, mm. to factor in. So there's no really, you know, plus one, plus two, plus three days or whatever else to worry about, um, which I like, I like off-season. So I've still got yeah. some, a couple of 36s now that I'm working with in off-season. Cool. And well, I'm putting it through their paces and they're pulling up sore most days and we're getting through it. It's a bit of fun. Um, during the preseason, I think, again, it's that time where you can ramp it up. You can push through. And if they are pulling up sore for games, as long as it's not over the top, as long as you're still you know, keeping track of what's going on. So yeah. we did a lot of uh, player wellness scores and uh, player cool. load management just to see where they're going with things. And we wanted them to really be pushing the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, through conditioning, through strength training, but again, within reason, not, not yeah, being yeah. an idiot about it. Um, and if they did pull up sore for a game and a little bit fatigued, it wasn't a huge concern in pre-season. Um, and then obviously as the season comes, now it becomes a concern. Now it's more about on-court performance rather than in the gym pushing. Yeah. Um, so we've minimised the, the days, the times of the training sessions there a little bit more. They'll come in for more of like a, a 30 minute lift rather than a 45 minute lift Yeah. Um, during the, the season itself. I do think that uh, there's a lot of teams there, a lot of 
players out there that are working too hard in a gym, they do a little bit too much and they're causing that injury. Yeah. They don't realize that you can work too much. You can put in yeah. too much training um, that's going to inhibit the game performance. Mm. Um, and I think that's still just sports science isn't out there enough yet. Yeah. Uh, especially in the lower levels. I know, I know in the AFL, sports science is huge. Um, it, it is out there a lot. What I do think lacks in the AFL so far, just from my experience in a few teams, is um, multi-plane movement training. So I, I see a lot of sagittal work, just a lot of back and forward squat. All the, don't get me wrong, the good exercises. I love yep. the exercises. I think it's lacking a bit more depth of yep. exercise. You're going to that transverse plane, the frontal plane, um, doing a, a, a bigger variety um, of exercising yep. in the gym, I think would be better for not so much performance itself, but the injury prevention side of things. Mm. And and performance as well, yeah, but yeah, more yeah. for the prevention side of things. Um, and I've just seen a bit of a lack of that uh, throughout the AFL so far, and SNFL potentially as well. I'm not too sure. I can't speak for that for sure. Yeah. But I know that's something I did with the 36s a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of multiplane movement, um, and I am proud. I will boast that our injury rate was very very low in regards to soft tissue yeah. uh, internal yeah. trauma injury, injuries. That's awesome. In terms of, you know, particularly in like well, Victoria at the moment, let's be honest, is fucked with um, with yep. coronavirus and in terms of like knowing when this is going to back off and when we're going to be able to get back to some normality. So, you know, even with a lot of the clients that I'm working with, regardless of whether I'm working with them personally for their athletic performance or whether it's just with nutrition, it's kind of like there's a big question mark over whether or not, you know, even next footy season is going to happen or whether they're going to be able to go to pre-season before Christmas as a, yeah. or whether they're going to have to train by themselves. And there's just big question marks around when all the shit's going to happen. So if you were listening to this, if for those that are listening to this at the moment, that um, their next, um, you know, sports season is in doubt. So they don't know when it's going to start, when, what, you know, when the pre-season or off season is going to finish or end or whatever, what would you recommend for someone at the moment that is in that position? Cause I mean, in terms of physical preparation, cause you know, if you're, if you've missed this whole football season, so you've gone through a preseason and you're expecting to play and then all of a sudden you're not, what would you be doing right now in terms of making sure you don't overcook it? Would you be working on weaknesses now? Would you be backing right off? Like how would you approach that? I definitely would be backing right off. Definitely not that one. Um, I definitely, yeah, I mean, this is a time where, especially if you don't know when the season starts, and that's pretty much the NBL at the moment. Mm. So, as I said, I'm working with, uh, so Daniel Johnson and Brendan Tease at the moment, yep. working with those two guys, and we don't know when the NBL season starts or if the NBL season will even start. Yeah. Um, so, with them at the moment, we are, I do a lot of, or I just started now a phase of microdosing uh, or bringing in microdosing. So, I mean, for those who aren't quite sure on that term, it's basically getting, a bunch of different phases and sticking them into one program. Yep. Um, so we've just finished, uh, the last four phases have been based around hypertrophy and strength and alternating between those two. And we are going on the idea that the season's going to, or the preseason's supposed to start next month in September with the season starting potentially in December. December so yeah. going by that, again, all just pencil dates, there's nothing in, in concrete yet. Um, we've started bringing in microdosing now. We're now adding in a bit of um, some sports-specific, bit of pa- bit of power work, bit of preparation for plyometrics, 
mm-hmm. all that sort of work. And we're doing just basic things like um, depth drops as part of warm-ups, okay. just allowing some impact to go through the joints. Um, we're doing things like working on basic deceleration drills, um, basic um, change of direction drills like that. So it's it's nothing too sport specific yet. I don't want to get into it, especially if they have a full preseason ahead of them. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of that. Uh, I still want to make sure we're getting some muscle onto these guys, improving their strength, yeah. and then that the S and C for the Sixers next season take care of the sport specific. But I want them to go in at least with, you know, some form of um, readiness to get on court. Preparation, and yeah. Yeah, for sure. And if that was, if you know, fingers crossed that it's not the case. But say if, um, particularly in Victoria, if say footy preseasons get pushed all the way back and they can't go back to the club until 2021. I mean, yep. it sounds ridiculous, but at this stage, fucking would not surprise me because it just seems yep. to be getting getting worse. So if that was the case, then then what? Would you still basically um, simulate the fact that you are back with the club and just and just keep timing your pre-season and off-season the same as what it would be, assuming that the season will start next year at the same time? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, one thing I do like to do with the guys in off-season is have fun. Mm. So I like to give them things that they would normally like to lift that we don't do during the season. Yeah. So we might do an arms day, which, yeah. you know, in most sports, you just wouldn't do an arms day in, in football, basketball, yeah. tennis, whatever it is. It doesn't really matter. So we might chuck in an arms day here and there. We have a bit more fun just so they can keep the interest in training in yeah. coming to the gym so it's not just monotonous you know um strength training all the time or whatever it might be but we will i would say if we were to answer the question if we were to keep going all the way through to 2021 somewhere um i would probably just keep alternating the phases over through strength hypertrophy and then a bit more micro dosing yeah okay um and as we get closer more into okay we've got a date now then get progressively more and more into that sport specifically yeah, awesome. In terms of you making it over to the States in the NBA, what does that pathway look like from, from here on in? Uh, so finishing the degree this year, um, going into my master's next year, Yep. Uh, finishing that, which is probably another year and a half to two years. So at this stage, we're at what, 2024, whatever that might be. Okay. Uh, which, 2023, which is kind of scary to think that far ahead. Yeah. Uh, but that's where it'll be. <clears throat> and then from there... I mean, I've made a few connections over my time with the NBL, um, especially with coaches here that know people over there. Yep. So I'll be reaching out to all those guys pretty soon, just saying, you know, can I come over and get some experience? Can I come over and have you got any jobs available? What's going on there? Yep. Uh, in the meantime, still working here, I'm getting to getting into sport again mm-hmm. uh, once things open up a little bit more. I mean, ideally, I'd love it to get back in, get into AFL, uh, work in there for a while because AFL is without a doubt. Um, one of the, the best sports science leagues in the world. Yeah. Um, the thing between us and uh, maybe even soccer, EPL, sports science yeah. is huge. Okay. So I know they're going to look at them a lot more than just a SNFL league or a, a yeah. Premier League basketball over here. So that'd be a goal of mine for sure. So you wouldn't need to be back in basketball in Australia before heading, like if the opportunity came up, you could go from an AFL team here, just theoretically from an AFL team here, to the NBA? Yep. Yeah, yeah cool. absolutely. Yeah, were, you meant to, were you meant to be over? Um, were you meant to be heading over to the States during this offseason um, to spend any time over there with the, with I didn't the NBA plan guys? This year. I didn't plan. I've been there the last four years. I yeah. didn't plan to this year. Um, yep. For whatever reason, I just didn't plan to do it. Yep. Um, 
So next year I would have, I would be uh, with everything going to plan, but we'll mm. see what happens at that point. Awesome. Mate, to wrap things up, I um, just want to be respectful of your time. Sounds like you've got a shitload to do. Um, I wanted to ask you this question. I, I, I had a chat the other week with, um, I don't know if you personally know Nick Popovich. He was the, he's the SNC guy at Melbourne United. Okay. Um, and I just finished the podcast off with asking him, not particularly for a basketballer or, or an athlete in particular, but more so for yourself. If you had to choose three exercises that you could only do for the rest of your life, what would they be? Three exercises. All right. Uh, trap bar deadlift. Yep. Big fan. I'll have to explain why I'll just tell you the names. Yeah, yeah. Explain to me why. Yep. Uh, trap bar deadlift. Purely because I, I like the mechanics of the lift, uh, the way it sets your body up, the non-axial loading, yet the midline loading that it still provides. Uh, it's one of those big bang for your buck exercises that just mm. works pretty much every muscle in the body. Um, yeah, I find it quite safe, especially in regards to lower back or hip injuries. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's a big one of mine. Um, hip thrust, just for that posterior chain activation and development. Um, and it's one of those exercises that you can just lift a lot of weight safely. Mm. Um, and it just feels good to walk away from a 200 kilo bar going, that's, I lifted that, that that's that. cool. Yeah, yeah. Leave the weight well, on there for a little bit longer so everyone else can see it. Exactly, make <laughs> a few <coughs> yeah. points. Um, so that, that's the first two. Uh, the third one, well, I'd be between something like a, a sled, sled push. Again, one of those exercises you can just push a heap of weight or a uh, cable wood chop. Right. Um, I, I love wood chops. Again, I, I'm a big fan of the multi-plane movements and that yeah. adds that into it, that you know, transverse plane, uh, even some frontal plane in there as well. Uh, I, just, I just love a wood chop and I think it's applicable to pretty much every ball sport. I'm trying to think of one that it wouldn't be. No, pretty much yeah, every ball yeah. sport would have um, some sort of rotational movement and I get all my athletes doing them in all different variations of them. Um, I like them myself. They just feel good. I like the work. The ob- work yeah. to the, I like to work the obliques, um, and it, again, it's a big bang for your buck exercise. It works a lot of muscle groups all at once. Um, yeah, there, there's my three, three and four slash four. Awesome, mate. Well, I appreciate your time today, Adam. And where can the um, the listener find some more of your content? Obviously, I'll have all the links in the show notes. But where's the best place for them to come and find you? Uh, so I've got my website at adammurphy.com.au. Um, myself and a partner of mine run the Murph and Muay Thai Show podcast um, as well. And then there's just Instagram, uh, Adam Murphy Coaching. Awesome. All right, mate. Well, thanks again for your time. And um, for everybody that's tuned in today, please do take a screenshot of this episode and post it up on your Instagram story for us. Tag myself and tag Murph. We'd love to get some feedback on the show and appreciate you listening. We'll chat to you again next week.